Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Right on your screen, right on your screen is probably, this is probably the biggest news in, in, in fantasy football in 2021 in terms of an off-season move or trade. Julio Jones traded to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the deal is NFL Network's Ian Rappaport is reporting that the Falcons are trading Julio Jones and a 2023 six-round pick to the Tennessee Titans for a 2022 second round pick and 2023 fourth round pick. That means Julio is going to play with his boy A.J. Brown, who rallied for this. And you might say, well, he had no say. Maybe, maybe he made Julio feel really welcomed. And and when push came to shove in the background of all this, Maybe there was another offer on the table that Julio didn't even want to talk about renegotiating his contract for because that was the only play Julio had in in this, the control he had. Everybody said, uh, you know, Julio doesn't want to go to, to this team or Julio wants to go to a team that has this kind of quarterback or Julio doesn't want to play in Atlanta, he's gone. Julio didn't necessarily have a, have a say in, in the grand scheme but he had influence over potentially where he could go. He could kind of navigate maybe where he could go if the right offer came along like Tennessee where he wanted to go, very close to where he lives. Maybe he doesn't even have to sell his home. He could stay put where he is and play one or two more years in the NFL and, and not have to leave the vicinity of where he's used to living and, 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 and residing this makes a whole lot of sense. And when you look at it, and Tennessee was one of the top options on the table, I had San Fran ranked one, I had Tennessee ranked two. These two teams can can make a deep playoff push with the addition of Julio Jones. San Fran would be expected to make the playoffs had they acquired Julio Jones. Tennessee is in win-now mode, and they've got a guy in Derrick Henry that has... I'm going to say one year at a time type value at his current usage and output levels because the man had 303 carries in 2019 and 400 plus in 2020 in a 2,000-yard season that takes out most every running back that's ever done it. So the the usage and workload is massive. Those people that think Derrick Henry's got four years left, three years left at an elite level, they're fooling themselves. The body can't handle it. And 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 Derrick Henry, I think, at most has this one year left. At most. I'm worried about drafting him at number five overall because the workload is unreal. It's unworldly. It's 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 literally seven hundred plus not touches, seven hundred plus carries in two years. The last two seasons, seven hundred plus carries. Players don't recover from that. That is crazy. If we pretend he can because he's superhuman and he's shown no signs of dropping off. It's not like Gurley where Gurley coming out of the Super Bowl the year he busted. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Everybody's drafting this guy number one, number two, number three overall. But Gurley showed signs of decline and I could see it with my own eyes. What are you all doing? And so I went on my no Gurley. Where's my belt? No Todd Gurley. No Todd Gurley created a video on that remember you remember and and I don't see decline in Henry so let's give I see decline in the numbers like the numbers tell me he's going to decline I don't see it yet so that gives me hope I do I do I am rooting for him to have one more electric elite you know 1500 yard rushing season with 12 touchdowns on the ground like I'm hopeful that Henry can drop that. And I, my eyes don't tell me he's already dropped off. So that's the hope. That's the good news. The, the bad news is the numbers traditionally don't lie. And the usage is through the roof. Why am I talking about Henry? Because if he does have one elite season left. 
where he's playing 16, 17 games, okay? At a high level that's getting him top five uh, running back uh, drafted, that means the Titans are ready to go. The Titans are the best spot other than San Fran, in my opinion, to make Julio potentially stay healthy by not asking him to do everything. A.J. Brown is there to the rescue. A.J. Brown can do a majority of the heavy lifting if need be some weeks. Julio Jones will definitely have a role, but A.J. Brown is the number one wide receiver in that offense, and I think that that helps Julio potentially stay healthy. Also, also, let's talk about the impact about that happens all around this whole entire trade from Ridley to Kyle Pitts to Matt Ryan to Tannehill to A.J. Brown. We'll, we'll get to that. To Julio himself, to the running game, to Mike Davis. The impact of this trade is enormous, enormous, like massive. There are so many moving parts in cascading fantasy football impacts to this trade. Tons of of crazy moving parts. Everything gets affected. Matt Ryan loses an option. Kyle Pitts and and Ridley probably couldn't live and sustain in an environment that also had Julio with a quarterback like Matt Ryan that's good and he throws a ton, but I don't think anybody wanted Ridley's volume, you know, consumed. Ridley's the number one wide receiver there. Everybody talking about Julio's going to have one more huge... Like, Ridley's the number one. Ridley was the number one wide receiver for a string of games in 2021. I put up an IG post months ago that said, Ridley, top 12 overall pick, question mark, and got blasted and roasted for calling Ridley a top 12 pick. People are like, top 12, maybe top 12 wide receiver, Smitty. Or, no, I take him in the second round. I do love him, Smitty, but top 12, are you crazy? Now, everyone and their mother and their mother's mother are going to... That means your grandma. Your grandma will be drafting Ridley in the 11 to 14 range on the reg. On the reg. Grandma ain't hesitating. Grandma ain't stutter-stepping. And everybody that clowned on this freaking Ridley... Being a top 11 to 12 to 13 overall pick is going to pretend they didn't exist during that time. That was someone else. I didn't do that. That was somebody else. I I deleted my comment. Like Ridley's legit top one to five. Stop fighting it. Kyle Pitts. What does Kyle Pitts do with, with this? Kyle Pitts. This forces Kyle Pitts to mature quickly. Had he had Julio, Ridley, they may not have leaned on Kyle Pitts as quickly as they will now. Kyle Pitts will be force-fed. Kyle Pitts will be shoved to the wolves. Kyle Pitts will be the man. And Kyle Pitts will be will be rookie of the year potential all year. Kyle Pitts is special. Kyle Pitts will get fed a ton of work right out of the gate, which may not have happened, at least to as significant a degree as it will, had Julio stayed. So from the Falcons perspective, little little knock for Ryan. If you were like, hey, Ryan's going to have this top five season, you won't wait. Like that gets removed from your mouth because you're taking away a big weapon. He can still do very well. Ryan can still be undervalued. But Ryan losing Julio, that definitely... That definitely knocks Ryan down a little bit. That's like if 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 Julio had went to San Fran, it would have hurt Kittle. It it would have hurt Ayuk. It would have hurt Debo. But it would have helped Trey Lance eventually. So quarterbacks, wide receivers have different impact to stuff like this. Mike Davis, great 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 name to throw out. Mike, Mike's thrown out Mike because I was about to say that next. You've got Julio leaving. You have Ridley absorbing, Kyle Pitts absorbing. Guess who else needs some receptions? His name name is Mike Davis, and he proved in the absence of Christian McCaffrey that he can pull in footballs if you ask him to. If you throw up the, the Mike Davis bat symbol, and you're like, we need some receptions in this fourth quarter, bro. He can drop, he's proved it. He can drop nine to ten reception games if you need him to. 
That's phenomenal. I need water. I need water. Nine to ten reception games if you need him to. He's there. He'll answer the call. Hello, Mike Davis. You need nine receptions. I'm on it. I'm on it. The dude can catch. The dude can catch. So, I love Mike Davis for one year. He's older. He's 28, 29, 28, I think. 28 years old. Just signed him. Mike Davis is going to ball for the the volume he's going to get. He will be efficient. They needed a running back in Atlanta that that wasn't going to be leaned on to the tune of 1,200 yards rushing or something. This is a guy that probably won't rush for 1,000 yards. The Falcons don't produce 1,000-yard rushers. Get over it. They needed a running back that could still deliver, be efficient, and be a nose for the goal line, a nose for the end zone under that kind of conditions where you're getting like less than 1,000 yards rushing, you're asked to pull in a bunch of passes. They haven't had a receiving back um, that I think fits the, the the exact mold that they need for a little while now. I think Mike Davis actually fits the Falcons' needs to use a running back perfectly. And the vacated targets of Julio open the door to Mike Davis. Mike Davis now can probably, uh, the pedal to the metal is what I'd say with Mike Davis's value in 2021. Draft him outside of round five. Don't get crazy. Don't get all insane and say, you know what? I'm drafting Mikey boy after that internet photo. He looks real swole. I'm going to draft him in the third round because a guy that big has to produce, right? You guys overdrafting Mike Davis need to stop. He's a, a beyond fifth round draft pick. He's a guy that could potentially help you in 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 a hundred different ways if you get him at the right value. Guy's got sneaky good running back two value in a draft build where you're going crazy late with your running back two. You're like, I'm gonna I'm gonna draft running back. I'm, let's say let's say you get the one point one. You go McCaffrey. At 24 overall and 25 overall, your back-to-back second and third round picks. You take DK Metcalf. You used to be able to take Ridley in some cases, but now your grandma knows about Ridley. Now your grandma's onto it. Your grandma ain't going to let you have Ridley at 25 and 24 at that turn anymore. Grams ain't having it. No one's having it. Everybody loves Ridley now. We all loved Ridley. He's been on our... Hold on. I've, I've, I've known I've known about Ridley the whole time. I've always liked Ridley. Everyone's going to say this. I've always liked Ridley, Smitty. He's a top 12 overall wide receiver. You can't find a comment. I deleted it when I ripped on Ridley being a top 12 overall player. Ridley is not slipping to you at 24 anymore. He was. Now he's not. This is why I say drafting early is actually the best gift you can give yourself. Because it allows you to dominate people who don't see ahead of the curve. They don't have sleeperu.com like you do. They don't have the fantasyfootballshow.com, which is this YouTube channel, like you do. They don't know that Ridley's going to be a top 1 to 4, 1 to 5 locked and loaded wide receiver even though he did that last year and people are blind. Absolutely blind. Oh, Ridley number 2 or 3? Are you crazy? Ridley was number 1. For a string of games in 2020, what more do you guys have to see? Apparently, you have to see a Julio Jones trade before you'll accept and be on board a train that's already full. We aren't accepting any more passengers, you bandwagoner. Get off. Julio Jones leaving was required for a lot of people to understand the value of Ridley. I don't get it. It's why we draft early. It's how dad did it. It's how we do it. And we're going to do best ball leagues coming up. Get ready for it. So we can take advantage of, of the other things that aren't climbing yet. Like Justin Jefferson into the second round, which will happen. CD Lamb into the top of the third, which will happen. Now, if you draft now, you can draft Lamb in, in round four and, and take your grandma to the cleaners. You can draft uh, Justin Jefferson in round three. Grams doesn't see it coming. In your grandma league, they don't know. They don't know better. They don't know until you spell it out for them and you tell them, hey, 
Uh, you know what? Jefferson will be one to five for wide receivers. Until grandma sees that written down, she's going to keep drafting him in the third round. So take advantage. Take advantage. CD Lamb, same thing. Back to the Julio Jones trade. Impact. Oh, look at look at D2W dropping the super chat. Just a little Sunday love. Thanks for all the content, Smitty. How about them Cowboys? Just for that D2W Stu. Stu, you're gonna get you're gonna get some Cowboys uh content here in a minute. So I appreciate you. And I'm gonna put you in the corner here because you're a bad boy on the channel. A beast, a legend. Stu, give it up for Stu. Give Stu a round of applause in the chat. A thumbs up, a fire emoji, whatever you want. But Stu, Stu's bringing the thunder with a super chat in the middle of the offseason. Congrats, Stu. Let's give him a little, we can give him a little like applause or a air horn. Something. Thank you, Stu. Where was I? Where was I? Mike Davis, covered. Kyle Pitts, covered. Ridley, top one to five, covered. Matt Ryan, tiny, tiny little dippy poo for Matt Ryan because Matt Ryan lost a big weapon. Okay? Let's move on to Tennessee. A.J. Brown. What happens to A.J. Brown? Nolan's going to interrupt with a super chat, you bad boy. You're the man, Smitty. Can't wait for the season. This is for Stu. This is for Nolan. I appreciate both of you. And I'm going to leave you in the corner here because you are legends that deserve to be recognized. Here's to you, Stu and Nolan. Okay. We got, do we have an intruder motion detected at the front door? Alexa, show me the front door. I promise if this is him returning, the the burglar, I will turn the camera and I will show you it's Miss Smitty. It's Miss Smitty and Little Smitty. We're okay. I would get, I would get my, my cane out and go defend the kingdom. Don't you worry. Miss Smitty's got her hands full, a baby, a bag, groceries. Look at that saint. I'm here live. Not helping her in the door. And she's got a baby, groceries, a bag, the door. She's she's a magician. Mothers with children, they have strength you can't even describe. They'll carry, she'll literally carry the, the basket with the baby on it, the whole store. Just like, literally, it's like 15, 20 minutes, like just sitting and I'm carrying it. I'm, I'm a strong dude. And I get tired holding that baby up for like 10 minutes. Women have super, superhuman strength. With a baby uh, in a in a in a bassinet or whatever the hell you call it. Okay, back to what what, what we're talking about. Julio, Julio, AJ Brown, AJ Brown. Here's the thing: you want me to break down a, a pro and a con? Because the honest answer is, I I probably still need to digest this a little more before I I make a definitive, concrete prediction about Julio Jones. But I'll give you a pro and a con. The pro. The pro for Julio Jones landing in Tennessee for A.J. Brown is as follows. Number one, number one, A.J. Brown was going to see double teams all season long. On the reg, all the time, he was going to be double teamed constantly. Here's this big wide receiver that is dominating people left and right. Yes, they got to worry about Derrick Henry, but you had the ability... To try and cover both of these guys from a defensive standpoint. The ability to try. And you had vacated targets from Corey Davis leaving. You have vacated targets from Jonu Smith leaving. Okay. A.J. Brown was going to consume a lot of those. Which was good. But efficiency, which he had some of the best wide receiver efficiency we've ever seen for a wide receiver 
lit- meaning little volume, monster numbers, efficiency through the roof. You give this guy the football, and he's doing great things with it downfield. It's not a, a five-yard play. This is a 20- or 30-yard play A.J. Brown's dropping in your lap when you give him the football. That would have went down without Julio. We need to think about this logically, okay? How many targets did got vacated? So let's pull up uh, let's pull up the stats and let's pull up Jonu Smith. So Jonu Smith had um in 2021, Jonu Smith had 41 receptions. And Corey Davis in 2020, I'm sorry, 2020. Did I say 2021? In 2020, 65 and 41. So that's uh, 106 targets. Or 106 receptions. 106 receptions won't be consumed by A.J. Brown. I hate to break it to you. A.J. Brown would probably consume about 20 to 30 of those. Okay? That means there's still a good 70 receptions Using rough math, and we're just kind of penciling this out. 70 receptions could go to Julio. Julio having a 70 reception season is not that crazy. That would not take away from A.J. Brown. The only thing we'd worry about is could he take touchdowns away. But historically speaking, and it could be a Falcon reason and determining factor, but he doesn't absorb touchdowns. He doesn't take away touchdowns and AJ Brown makes his own way he makes his own meals man this guy gets the football he takes it into the end zone you don't just throw it to AJ Brown in the end zone he finds a way to drag defenders into the end zone he finds a way to leave defenders behind him with a good old let a get off me and I'm taking it into the end zone like a beast walking in there I feel like AJ Brown couldn't fit through my doorway over here he's massive he looks like he ate DK Metcalf in the offseason last year, A.J. Brown figures out a way to get into the end zone. I went on a live with A.J. Brown last year. I went on his live again this year. I joined and I said A.J. Brown on his live stream on Instagram. I said A.J. Brown. This is last year. You're going to be a top five wide receiver, young man, in fantasy football. You know what A.J. Brown said? He was a little shocked. He was just coming into his own. He didn't know what he was working with. I told him, this is, I'm serious. I told him, you don't worry about the predictions. That's my job. I'll do the predicting. You just stay on the field to play football. What did A.J. Brown do? He got hurt, but he was playing at a top five wide receiver level. Everyone in their mother, your grandma, your mom, they're all ranking A.J. Brown in the top five this year. This might make people scared a little bit. We'll see. I don't know what this is going to do to fantasy football ADPs and and reactions, but A.J. Brown, I told him this year, I went on a live with him regarding Julio Jones, and I said, A.J., number one, do you realize you're in the top five wide receivers? Do you realize that you're a borderline first-round pick in fantasy football, especially in Dynasty? And he goes, really? A.J. Brown was shocked again. I keep shocking him with telling him about fantasy football impacts. And you know what he said to me? I want to play fantasy football this year. And I said, AJ, this is all, I I did this all on Instagram live. Unfortunately, there's no recording of it. It was on his IG live and he didn't publish it, which would have been amazing. But AJ Brown said he wanted to play fantasy football and that he would take Derrick Henry number one because that's his boy. We all understand the loyalty there. Don't get mad at him. But AJ Brown kind of hesitated when we asked him about Julio. We said, do you have an idea if Julio's headed to Tennessee and he went, no, that's above my pay grade. And everybody in the chat was like, oh my God, he hesitated. He hesitated. Oh my God, he hesitated. And and I don't know that that had anything. And he, he, didn't, he may have not known. <laughs> but it was fun. And I like to remember it that way. I like to remember it that Julio Jones knew. And we got him to hesitate. We broke the news on the Fantasy Football Show on his live stream, not mine. And he said it. He said it by going, it's above my pay grade. He hesitated. That was news. We should have been more on top of that. My following knew. They said it in the comments. He hesitated. He knew. 
He knew. He had insider information. We broke it first. You heard it from us on the Fantasy Football Show. We, You heard it from us first. We broke it weeks ago. Find the footage. Because it's not there. Admission by... Ad, omission by... Omission is admission. God, why is that hard to say, Garrett? <laughs> okay. God, this is a long this is a long announcement here. This is the intro of the video. <laughs> so, Julio Jones going to Tennessee. I given there's 106 vacated not targets, receptions. If we're talking targets, 92 targets for Corey Davis last year. And 65. So 65 plus 92 is 157. Wow. I want to put this in perspective for people. So vacated targets available. Uh, What did I say? 157 targets. 106 receptions. This is what's available with the Corey Davis and Jonu Smith departing. That is a ton of volume, guys. If they throw the ball the same, I imagine they will. That that cannot be absorbed by Julio Jones. Jonu Smith leaving. Corey Davis leaving. Nobody really coming in but rookies and nobody that's going to really fill this void very quickly or well. Especially in year one. How is how is Julio Jones going to absorb 157 targets and 106 receptions? He's not. That means that AJ Brown still got a whole lot more to bring in from last year. Because AJ Brown, there's a lot left on the table. You know what I mean? Like AJ Brown was efficient, but we needed AJ Brown to get the football more. We needed more receptions. This is a ton of vacated targets from Jonu Smith and Corey Davis. 157 targets. 106 receptions. That's more than enough to feed and sprinkle out. Here, A.J. Brown, you get some. Julio, here, take the rest. It kind of feels like logic is telling us this move is actually good for A.J. Brown. Logic is driving that conclusion. I do feel like big name. What What if Julio's TD... Deficiencies were all Atlanta driven and he absorbs seven or eight or nine or ten touchdowns and then AJ Brown only gets seven. Like, could it impact AJ Brown? It could, but I'm kind of right now feeling like we're gonna be okay. AJ Brown, if people overreact and drop AJ Brown, I might drop him below Ridley now, you know, because AJ Brown and Ridley have been like this for me. Neck and neck. It's you know, in redraft, Adams, Hill, Diggs, you could say our top three to pretty much everybody then it's like who do you rank number number four is it aj brown is it ridley is it my boy justin jefferson is it dk there are a grip of wide receivers from that four to eight that any one of them could still be the number one overall wide receiver in 2021 aj brown could be the number one wide receiver in fantasy football calvin ridley could be the number one wide receiver before this trade in fantasy football, Justin Jefferson could be the number one wide receiver in fantasy football. DK could be. You have like eight wide receivers, and you could include CD Lamb. Eight wide receivers that could be the number one overall player in fantasy football. And so it's tough ranking AJ Brown because you have such a good group of wide receivers, and no one's wrong for having AJ Brown one after or before the trade, or number seven. If you have A.J. Brown number seven, before or after the trade, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with your rankings. It is a deep top seven or eight wide receivers. You are not crazy to have Adams four or Adams one. You are not crazy to have Diggs one or Diggs four. You are not insane or crazy to have Ridley number six or one. So stop with the absolute, you're a moron this, you're a moron that. Can't believe you think this guy is a top five wide receiver or this guy isn't in your top five. What's wrong with you? 
This is a very, very deep wide receiver pool in 2021. So everybody calm down and stop with the absolutes like you have some crystal ball or you found the Gray Sports Almanac and you're acting like you have that and we don't. Because I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. The top seven wide receiver finishers, you'd be hard pressed to get even three of those slotted players right if you were to try and rank all seven or eight of them come end of season. Because it'll be flipped all around. D Hopkins is another one, Swaggy. Like, how do you how do I, how do I not even list him? You know what I mean? Like D Hopkins, you most certainly could put in your top five or be the number one. Hopkins could be eight or one. Now, this is good news for Tannehill. No matter how you want to spin it, you're giving Tannehill back a weapon. I don't know if it makes Tannehill better than he was last year because he had Joe New and Corey, and I just explained above here, 57 targets and 106 receptions. Those get vacated from the departure of Joe New and Corey Davis. So you're taking those two out. You're taking all those targets and receptions out. You're bringing Julio in. Who Between Julio and A.J. Brown, can they absorb all that? That's a lot. It makes me not too concerned about Julio in Tennessee after you break it all down like that. It makes me feel... It logically makes sense that Julio can't hurt A.J. Brown. So, it helps helps Tannehill get back to maybe where he was before the departures of Jonu and Corey Davis. So, I don't know that it, it makes him more valuable than last year. I don't know that he can have a better year than he did last year. I, I don't I don't see him as an elite talent. I see him in a very darn good situation that helps produce stats, and this helps him get back to that. So I, I, I'm going to give him a bump from where I had him a, a couple months ago. Yeah. But do I have him, like, in my top five? No, I don't. I don't have Tannehill in my top five. There are too many quarterbacks from Mahomes to Josh Allen to Kyler to Herbie to <laughs> Herbert, who's a top three bound Q- QB in 2021. He's going to be MVP candidate. If you didn't know, now you know. Herbert is the ticket. He's the answer. He's the fifth round, sixth round weapon waiting for you in 2021. So you can win your league and beat mom and grandma in your fun little little uh, cousin league that you do. Okay. Herbie is falling far in those leagues. If Bill from Accounting is drafting with you, Herb's going in late fifth, maybe sixth round. Uh, Discord is at smitty1.com, bro. Just go to smitty1.com right here. In your buddy league, you're getting Herbie in five or six. Steal. You're getting Lamb in four, late four. Probably late round four, you're getting Lammy Boy. And Justin Jefferson lives in the third round in your novice grandma league with Bill from Accounting and your work league. Your work league, you can clean up. I'll tell you the player to draft in every single round in your work league. Uh, in, in round three, JJ, Justin Jefferson, for those of you in the back. No, not Julio. JJ. JJ. On a Julio show, I'm going to say J.J. is now Justin Jefferson. I'm sorry. I don't heed the road to to Julio because of what he's done for fantasy football over the years. J.J.'s the new J.J., bro. Okay? So back up off. J.J., Justin Jefferson in round three. Lammy boy in round four. Or Clyde boy in round four. I mean, if Allen falls, I don't think Allen will fall. Even your grandma overdrafts Allen. But I love Allen at the end of three. Herbie, Herbie in five dominates. Okay, back to the Titans. I, I I think this trade is the biggest trade and will remain the biggest trade of the offseason. Biggest player acquisition or player movement of the offseason. This has got cascading effects all around. Nobody really goes down hardcore. Because of this trade. That's kind of the important note here. Is. AJ Brown doesn't really go down. We worry about how it's all going to fit. But he needed somebody to keep defenses honest. AJ Brown 
was about to face double teams on the reg. On the regular, people. This could be good. And Julio may not stay healthy. It helps Henry in a way because now the offense won't get shut down like some were predicting. Well, you only got A.J. Brown. How are you going to throw the football and stretch the field? This helps Derrick Henry. This helps Tannehill. This helps Ridley. The only one that really hurts is Matt Ryan. And, you know, no offense, but we're not drafting Matt Ryan. The the QB pool, like I, I guess I started to say, is too deep. You got Mahomes. You got Josh Allen. You got Kyler. That's where I stopped. Herbert. I got excited about Herbert, and I sidetracked myself. Mahomes, Allen, Kyler, Herbert. Stay focused, Smitty. Move past Herbert. Herbert! You've got Russell Wilson as the 7th or 8th round quarterback steal. you got Lamar and, and, and Aaron Jones ahead of Russell Wilson. I love Russell Wilson. He's this year's Aaron Rodgers. Everybody's sleeping at the wheel on A-Rod last year. Oh my God! Biggest steal! We screamed from the rooftops for weeks and weeks and months, months, months. Why are you letting A-Rod, he's 36 back then, Fall to the ninth and eighth round, tenth round in your grandma leagues. What is wrong with you people? Is what we said over and over and over on the show. Over and over and over and over. Beating a dead horse. Over. Like a horse. Beating it like a horse. Who, Who is the horse we're beating into the ground in 2021? Russell Wilson is the name, and winning is your game when you draft Russell Wilson in round seven or eight. It's robbery. It's highway fantasy football robbery. The quarterback pool is deep. There's no room for Tannehill. There's no room for Matt Ryan. You can draft him. I'm not. I'm going to own me a Herbert. I'm going to own me a a Mahomes, a Josh Allen, a Kyler, an A-Rod, or a Russell Wilson. You deal with... You deal with Tanny or Ryan from a fantasy perspective. I'm glad they're there for the, the components involved, like A.J. Brown, Julio, like Ridley, like Pitts, like Mike Davis, but they aren't a horse to me. A horse to me is Kyler. Herbert. A-Rod. Wilson. Some will say Lamar. Dacky boy, Burrow. Burrow could be, listen, I don't, I mean, he's coming off an ACL injury. People are trying to pump the brakes on Burrow, but I'm telling you, Burrow is a stud. Burrow was handed Jamar mother freaking chase, his former college wide receiver that he has more rapport with than Higgins and Boyd. It's funny because he didn't play a full year. Burrow got hurt. And he played all of college, or a college season with Jamar Chase. And people are like, he's got more rapport with Higgins and, and Boyd Smitty. Why are you so high on Jamar Chase's rookie year? He has rapport, more rapport with Jamar Chase than he does his other two wide receivers. Look, Joe Burrow, it's Joe Burrow season at some point in 2021. Will he be slow kicking it off? It's possible. It's possible that Joe Burrow has some hiccups, bump, bumps in the road, stutter steps, whatever, coming off an ACL tear. It's no joke. But Burrow's a baller. He's a playmaker. He's a leader. He has the swag. Um, he, he carries himself like a, a winner. And the Bengals are so doubted. There's only up to go. Only upward to go. They're going to turn some heads and turn this thing around like the Bills did. And that's good for Mixon. People are like, Smitty, you hate Mixon. Why you hate Mixon? Mixon's in a good situation, right? He he is in a better situation. It's all about injury with him. Me worrying about the total workload of this guy getting hit over and over. Eight-man front after eight-man front because the Bengals couldn't move the ball before Joey B in the Jamar Chase era which we're being introduced to and graced with in 20, 
2021. And it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be something you've never seen before. But they did nothing to upgrade the line, says Crazy World. Look, Crazy. They've got guys coming back. They did address the line. Yeah, they drafted a guy. They're moving over to guard or whatever the hell they're doing. They could have done a better job in the draft with the offensive line. I said this. Drafting Chase over Sewell was not the mistake. It was the only move to make. But but they did have to land the second-round offensive lineman for me to feel amazing about it all. I feel good about it. But and I, I'm I'm trusting that they have some better insights as to this offensive line revamping the way that they're going about it than I do. But I can't say that they they hit a home run with the offensive line drafting, which they could have done because offensive linemen fell in this draft like I predicted because of all the offensive skill positions and the defensive players getting mixed in. That offensive linemen would fall in the draft, and they did, and they didn't take advantage of it like I wanted them to. But it wasn't about taking Jamar Chase. That was the only move to make. But have a little faith in that line being better by the addition of Jamar um, what's his name coming back? I'm blanking on his name. They have a a, a improving offensive line situation by the, the those additions and returns alone. Like Jamar Chase spreading the field will help the defense or help stretch the defense and spread things out, bro. When you spread the ball out, good things happen. Joe Burrow bottom two or three in the league. When he held onto the football for four seconds or more, he was a top five quarterback, and I believe it was completion percentage when he got rid of the ball. Top five when he got rid of the ball in two seconds or less. It's all about release. Quick release can fix offensive line perception of what you feel an offensive line's doing. And spreading the football out, spreading the field, spreading defenses out can remedy more than anybody believes or thinks people use one-dimensional logic to break down the Bengals offensive line situation and they say they should have drafted Sewell like one guy is going to do it they needed more they needed more and they got part of that more in in Jamar Chase now are they a year away from being the Buffalo Bills probably bro they do need more offensive line additions and they'll do that over the years you're going to say well how are you going to do that Burrow gets hurt you can't predict Burrow's going to get hurt because of what they've done. I think what they've done is easily some total going to be the same impact in terms of protecting Joe Burrow as drafting Sewell and not going after Jamar Chase and having the improvements that they have made. So all some total, their offensive line issues won't be any worse than they would have been had they drafted Sewell or better. They'll be the same. And you have the Jamar Chase factor for the future. Joe Burrow will be a, a force. Joe Burrow will be a beast. Joe Burrow will be a top five, six quarterback in NFL standards and fantasy football standards. Get ready for it. Get on the Joe Burrow horse train. <laughs> Get on the horse train. Um, Where's my music? So that about does it, guys. Um, let me answer a few questions here, and then we'll, we'll do rapid fire. I want quick questions. I want to the point. I want to thank Nolan for the super chat. Nolan, you're the man. Uh, he says, I'm the man, but Nolan, you're the man. Can't wait for the season. Nolan, it's here, baby. Thank you, Nolan. And then, of course, Stu, who's always dropping in. How about them, Cowboys? Uh, it's CD Lamb season. Uh, Stu, get ready. It's going to be a monster year. We're talking top one to five wide receiver numbers out of Stu. Or Stu. <laughs> out of Lamb and Stu. Top five. Stu is going to be a top five super chatter this year. I can I can see it already. Uh, top five, one to five wide receiver season out of Lamb. Zeke Elliott is is the touchy topic, Stu. I don't know what we're thinking on Zeke, right? We're we're worried about him. We saw a decline, but did we? Was it the offense being garbage, not being able to block? He was tired. He's worn down. Did he rest up? Some say Zeke looks in the best shape of his life. I'm I'm just saying that's coming out of some cowboy driven environments though let me let me preface that but it's it's bro it's 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 potentially one more year of Zeke top five running back potential I'm cautious with it I don't draft him in more than a couple leagues let's say I play let's say I played in 10 leagues I wish I did I play in like 20 plus because I can't say no to these promotional leagues where I get to take on the world 
and I'm playing in a league with Waller, T-Pain, Andy Holloway from the Fantasy Footballers, a couple of NFL Network guys. So I, I just say yes to all these leagues. But if I was playing in 10, I might draft Elliott in one or two and feel really good about it, and I'd cuff him to Pollard. That's 10 to 20% of my leagues. It's not a big share if he does drop off. 10 to 20% of my leagues could take a big impact. But I will protect my investment by drafting Pollard. Maybe I don't really miss a beat. If Zeke were to fall off the map or get hurt, Pollard comes in, produces top 6 to 10 running back numbers in fantasy football in 2021. I'm not I'm not really hurt. I can still win my leagues in those 1 to 2 leagues where I draft Zeke. Then I'm drafting Pollard in the rest of my 8 so that if that does play out that way, I win my leagues in 8 leagues because I drafted Tony Pollard. It's genius thinking. It's laying off. They do it in Vegas all the time. You're not putting all your eggs in one basket. You're betting on Zeke and Pollard in two leagues in case Zeke still has it. You don't want to be that guy that's like, I hate Zeke. Zeke's going to be bad. Crap. Zeke had one good year left and I missed it. Get him. In one or two leagues minimum. Or no, maximum. One league minimum. Two to three leagues maximum. You could go 30%. I wouldn't hate, I wouldn't hate on you. Okay? But you want to have them. You want to have a share. Tony Pollard and Zeke. Then in the rest of your leagues, draft Tony Pollard because he's cheap and he won't cost you anything. You won't be putting all your eggs in one basket and ruin your leagues because if he doesn't work out, he doesn't work out. You're wasting what ninth rounder, eighth rounder, tenth rounder, wherever you're drafting. It's different. But I love Tony Pollard. Uh, let's answer some quick questions and then we're out of here. Hit the thumbs up on your way in the door. Look. Hit the punch the thumbs up. It helps the channel. It helps me. It helps me create more of these videos. So if you want more videos, you got to keep punching the thumb up, baby. Um, let's see. Would you draft Calvin at the end of round one? I already would have, bro. And and now everybody's gonna get on this whole wagon, which is fine. I get it. Um, but but no, I mean he's already twelve to fifteen. He's already right there, eleven to fifteen. Now everyone's going to catch up and say, I love Calvin Ridley. I love him. I love Calvin. I've always liked Calvin Ridley, Smitty. He's always been in my 11 to 15. Um, I I don't know what you're talking about. Calvin Ridley is going to get a whole bunch of love now in fantasy football circles. And all the Kyle Pitts doubters like, oh, tight end to rookie tight ends take a while to develop, Smitty. All of you are coming back around too. Okay? Yes. Yes. Mal, Malachi, D, whatever your name is, appreciate you, number one. Number two, Calvin. Calvin, baby. Calvin. Should I trade A.J. Brown for Ridley and redraft? You know, you. I, I even though we've got to think this is a little worrisome or potentially good for Julio, or for, for A.J. Brown, the Julio Jones landing in Tennessee, we don't truly know Like, we want to say we know. We don't. I still need to digest it. I'm not 100% locked in on my take. This is my initial, like, uh, spur-of-the-moment reaction, right? My thinking is I'd rather have Ridley. I move Julio from, like, my four to, like, five or six. Only because I feel like Ridley's value went up too, right? So it's not like we're just knocking A.J. Brown down. We're really moving Ridley up. I'm going to say Ridley. Bro, I'm going to say Ridley. Take Ridley. Ridley's top one to five. And he proved it last year. That's the other thing. We saw Ridley produce for a string. Not one or two games. A string of the season. The dude was the number one overall wide receiver. And people are are questioning and having jaw-dropped reactions when you say Ridley top five. And they're like, what? Go look at my Instagram post. I'm gonna I'm going to show it in a little while. People were off the rocker telling me how crazy I was when I had a post that said Calvin Ridley top 12 overall pick in 2021, if you dare. And people are like, second rounder, top 12, Smitty? When you get some, when you, when you get some time, check the DM on Discord, Smitty. Okay, I'll give it a look, Stu. Sorry, I don't look at Discord uh, DMs all that much, as you know, as you've probably seen. Uh, where do you have your boy CEH? 
mid mid third round but preferably 4.1 4.2 if you can get away with it it is it, it the later you get him the lower the risk by you know handfuls of of amounts of risk like every like four picks you can drop him you're just taking away any risk that he has and you're gonna as long as he doesn't like suffer an injury you can't predict he's gonna get you back fourth round value with ease with ease Clyde Clyde boy Clyde boy haha says wide receiver one dude you know are you laughing because you think he's a wide receiver one and you're reacting to AJ versus uh, Ridley trade talks? Or are you laughing because I said Ridley could be the number one to five wide receiver? I'm not sure, haha, because you're laughing right here. I'm confused. I don't know how to absorb what you're saying. So clarify. Clarify if you could. Henry or Barkley? I'm going to go Barkley, but I don't, I don't think anyone's crazy for going Henry. I know some people think he's got that one year left. He could. I'm not, I'm not saying he can't. There's a percentage chance he could have a top one to five running back season left, but there's also a big chance, almost equal chance that he falls off the map at some point in midseason. It doesn't look like it'll be week one, but by midseason, it's certainly, certainly possible. I think that's it for now. I appreciate all you. I will be doing a video today, dropping one today. Um, for my Zoom call people, you can expect us to go live on Zoom in a little bit. Uh, I will talk to you all later. Subscribe to my show if you haven't already. Get my text message service where I will text you on demand here at heysmitty.com. I got to check my, my my second phone. I have two phones. This is for my my uh, personal line. This is my text for just the Hey Smitty service right here. And I've got a, a boatload of people messaging me while I'm live, so I got to get to them. But if you want to text me, get one-on-one advice on demand, bro. It hits heysmitty.com. Get to it. Smitty1.com is where all my content can be found in every Tuesday and Thursday. You can find me live here on the channel, the Fantasy Football Show, live every Tuesday and Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern later.